0: Welcome, everybody. I'm Richard Kraus. A little bit later on, we're going to answer some uh, burning questions, one of which is about banning iPhones at rock concerts and at plays and that kind of thing. Are you for or against? We'll talk about that with my panel, and we've got a special panel convened today. We have the co-writer and director of a movie called A Swinger's Weekend. His name is John E. Cohen. Uh, also co-writer and producer, Nicholas Samaroff, and one of the stars of the film, Jonas Chernik, is here. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Hey, thank nice you. See hey, you all. for having us. Interesting uh, concept for a movie. We'll do a little deep dive on this a little bit later on. But the idea is essentially that uh, three couples, six people, yeah. end up on A Swinger's Weekend. Uh, they're not all aware that it's going to be a swingers weekend as they pull into the driveway, soon turns into that. And there are much different responses from everyone. And I right. think unpredictable responses from from everyone involved. So we'll do a little deep dive on that a little bit later on. Um, first of all, let's talk about iPhones at concerts. I have been to a number of shows recently where I have found the people waving their hands in the air with an iPhone trying to record the show that's in front of them. Instead of paying attention to what's happening in front of them, they are uh, just taping it so that later on they can post (laughs) it on... Facebook they're, and say, look what I did. Look how cool I am. They're watching
1: it through their movie well, rather exactly. than watching it live while they're there. Exactly. They're so I phone. think it takes
0: sure. you out of the experience. So, um, well, let's start with you. Nicola, what do you think about it? Like, would you do this? And if you would tape it, because we all have phones, mm. um, if you tape it, would you ever watch it again? I don't think I'd ever watch it again.
1: Um, I can tell you 100%. I probably wouldn't even know where to find the record button on my phone. <laughs> uh, so I would not be recording it. Um I think, you know, the whole cell phone, listen, you know, John and I talk all the time. I'd like to get rid of my phone and just get one of those old flip ones that are just for phone calls. Like Daniel Day-Lewis on the subway in New York. I'm I'm done with it, really, to be honest with you. Um, I have kids. I can't stand it. The constant Snapchatting, texting. Um, I think it's, I think people are losing their sense of empathy um, because they're communicating, not face-to-face with people, um, you know, so I, I'm i all for artists saying no cell phones. Uh, in well, my...
0: Kendrick Lamar and a number of other people who said just don't bring a phone. Don't bring a phone. Yeah, John, are you, uh, now you're a director, a visual guy. Do you do this?
2: No, absolutely not. And, I, I mean, I'm with Nicola on this one. I, I think we could just throw them out the window altogether and be better. a better Society and world. I mean, I think a lot of people have that same sentiment. I mean, it's just it's just over the top with these phones these days. And I mean, I'm I'm a victim of it too. I'm not saying, <laughs> you know, I I am not. It's just, oh God, they just they're just killing everyone. And in our movie, we have I, I don't like I, this is funny because in our movie, one of the characters when she walks into this magnificent, uh, you know, place mm-hmm. where where they where they're staying for this weekend, she records what she's seeing at first through her phone, yeah. which is, a, you know. Which
1: we thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, but
2: it's absolutely but it's bang actually, on. But yeah. 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 And, and the notion of, you know, uh seeing something like, listen, I mean, I, I understand they want to watch it afterwards, but seeing, uh, uh, experiencing what it is you want to experience through your phone for the first time is just, it's ridiculous to me. Well,
0: it is funny you talk about. You know our reliance on phones. My phone just suddenly came alive just before we started. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I put it down and all of a sudden it was speaking to us, which I thought was uh, creepy and odd. <laughs> um, Jonas, what yeah. do you think?
3: Well, I mean, I, I, I've never been one of those people that I've never turned my phone on and recorded a piece of a concert or a show, <clears throat> maybe that's because I'm a performer, and yeah. so I, I have a. But but I don't understand that piece of it. Like I'm as addicted to my iPhone as as anybody. Right. For me though, it's it's purely communication. It's email and text messaging, and just I'm not on social media. I have a Twitter account that I never use. Right. I've never joined Facebook. I am I'm a am not opposed to it, to yeah. other people being on it, but it's just not for me. I know it's a time sucker, and I think it's ridiculous. Um, so, so I am all for it. I think leave your cell phones in your pocket during a show. The idea of recording something, uh, while you're watching it doesn't make sense to me. And I was at, I, I saw Sarah Silverman, uh, this year yeah. or last year in, uh, in, in a Casinorama doing a, 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 a yeah. live, yeah, live standup. And she made this announcement before the show, it was over the speakers, and it was very funny, but it was very serious. Mm-hmm. Leave your phones in your pockets. Yeah. You know, let's try to have a moment. Let's try to have a few hours here, folks, where mm-hmm. we're just connecting. Okay. And, and and it was resonant, and it worked, and we laughed. And then about ten minutes into the show, she broke routine because a woman in the front row had her phone out. Yeah. And, and Sarah Silverman's reaction was anger. Yeah. and it came out as anger and she just went, come on put the phone away and then she realized that it came out as anger and she turned it into some comedy yeah.
0: but it was it was a it was a moment well i think if you're a performer trying to make a connection with an audience yes. and right. and it breaks it it's it's a it's a, a a wall between you know between the performer and the audience and and it's a, a this technological wall that gets in the way
1: but i think a lot of the kids nowadays that are attending these concerts and that are recording it I don't know if they've actually ever experienced that feeling of being in a room and and feeling that connection that we're right. talking about because their entire existence has been through a screen. So, you know, my kids would say, you know, it's old-fashioned, uh, this right. conversation. Um well, but, but in a way, you know, I kind of feel bad. Like, she, they, they don't
3: even know what it is. We're the last generation. Yeah. We're the pivotal generation. Right. We're the last generation that has, has experienced both, where the majority of our lives you didn't have a, yeah. a screen or a camera right. in front of you everywhere you went, and now it's changed. We talk about our kids. My kids aren't old enough yet, but I know yours are. Mine are yeah. just getting into that, where they're going to want their screens and phones yeah. soon, and you can fight it and resist it. Uh, you know, and 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 have issues with it, but I think, imagine when they've got kids, it's not even going to be a
1: thing. It's not even going to be. An they issue. won't
3: say that. They won't be frustrated that their kids are on their Listen, screens all the time. They, that's just the way the world is going to be. In
1: schools, they're using their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, they have them in class, and. They're allowed and it's accepted. Yeah. Sure. So you know, when my kids were first starting with the phones, and we'd be sitting at the table, I'd say, "Put your phone away. Don't <laughs> even bring it." And the the response I got was, "Well, why? I can keep it on my desk at school." Right. Yeah. And I was floored. I had no idea.
0: I'm speaking with uh, some of the cast and crew and directors and writers from a movie called A Swinger's Weekend. We'll give you all the details about it in the next couple of segments. Um, You said something interesting, Nicola, about if you could, you just get rid of the whole thing and get a flip phone. And I'm seeing more flip phones Mm -hmm. than I have since flip phones were originally out in the market. I think people are doing it. I think people are kind of clawing back a little bit. Because like anything that's new, and we have to remember that even though these phones are such a part of our everyday now mm-hmm. it's relatively recent that they have been, yeah. Absolutely. You know, if mm-hmm. you look uh at my my uh phone here, if we go into the photos, there's something like 14,000 photographs on here, and I don't oh, use God. it that often. I, well, I mean, I do, <laughs> I take pictures obviously, but um, I don't use it for video, I, I use it for photos, but it's like 14,000. And I was thinking about like my dad probably didn't take 14,000 photos right. in his life, right? And when and he you died, never look he was 90 photos. you know. Hey, well, Richard, so,
3: how many videos do you have of yourself as a kid? None. Zero. Yeah, none. Uh, we have none. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, it's unfathomable today. Yeah. I mean, my kids, we have hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of video of The them. most
0: well-documented generation <laughs> ever, probably. Absolutely. Is why, yeah. it'll, make, it'll make it easier well, for documentary filmmakers yeah. later. Yeah. In life. But what I'm seeing, though, uh, to your point, Uh, earlier, is I'm starting to see more uh, people and even some young people with flip phones. And I think it's a conscious decision to say, you know what, Mm -hmm. I am not going to live my life online. Yeah, I need to be connected, but I'm not going to be that connected. And also the
1: work, and I get it. Listen, especially when you're producing a movie, right? Jonas is, is sure. in prep right now, and uh, it's intense, and there is a lot of information that's being passed all day, 24 hours a day, stuff happens. Yep. But what did they do 20 years ago? They still managed to get it done. And I feel that it's an unrealistic unrealistic expectation um, that it's this instant immediate answer Um, somebody messages you if you don't get back in 10 minutes it's like whoa can you imagine
0: are you you in the hospital yeah (laughs) so
3: I mean to me isn't there a bit of a social media backlash happening right now too? Yeah. I mean, I, when I decided not to join Facebook, I took a lot of heat from right. my family, from my friends, from people in the industry. Well, saying, as a you have a performer. Yeah, 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 it makes yeah it's sense for a promotional to tool. It, right? But I just right. said I will do it other ways. I'm not gonna. I'm not giving into this. And then, I, then there was a curve where for a few years I was. I I would admit to myself this was a mistake. But it's too late. I'm not turning. back. I'm not going to be that guy that joins Facebook in 2015. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, now, I, not on Facebook. Yeah, either. well, now yeah. I've come back out on the other side, where people are envious of me. Yeah. That, you know, uh, people who are who are addicted to it and hate it, but are stuck in it, say to me, "You you made the right choice." So right. I, I you know, it, it. it is
0: interesting about Facebook in terms of people being stuck in it. And I, I've heard this. I'm stuck here. I'm stu- It's my. It's the way that I, you know, talk to my kids who live in Australia. It's the way that I – but, I mean, there's other ways of doing that yeah. too. And yeah. I think for all the negative stuff that comes along with it now that we don't really even know about, and I will tell you, I think that the privacy issues that we know about already are just the tip, tip of, the of a very big iceberg.
2: I, I, I heard the, the founder of uh, Twitter saying, and I think you made a good point, you know, all this stuff, even our smartphones – and the social media, it's all new. Yes. I mean, we're at the birth of it. And, you know, he's saying in 50 years or whatever it is, we might look back on this as, you know, the birth of these tools and social media and be like, well, these are the mistakes that we made. Yeah. And, and here's where we were right and here's where we were wrong. I mean, we're just at the beginning. We're it's at the tip. In the infancy. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really know what the, what the result of all this is going to be.
0: Uh, and we, and probably in our lifetime. Well, and I think one of the things is that it will have eroded our attention span to such a point, down to such a point that you know yeah. it's virtually non-existent. It already
3: has. I'm bored right now. Well, <laughs> uh,
0: well let's go to a commercial then. Uh, we'll be back after this commercial uh, with uh, people from A Swinger's Weekend, uh, co-writer and director John E. Cohen, uh, writer and producer Nicholas Samaroff, and star Jonas Chernick. Uh, stay with us. It's a story, and we'll tell you all about it in the next segment, about three different couples, six individually motivated people and the tagline here says what could possibly go wrong well you'll find out uh, this weekend when it hits theaters stay with us welcome back everybody I'm Richard Krause in studio we have from a swingers weekend that's coming soon to a theater near you be on iTunes on May 1st playing in theaters in Australia and the United States very soon opening in Ottawa and in Toronto uh, this weekend and next and then keep your eye open for your local listings, for coming to a theater near you, uh, we have uh, the co-writer and director Johnny e. Cohen, the co-writer and producer Nicholas Samaroff, and star Jonas Chernick. Um, I want to talk about because, given the the subject of the movie, it's a little sex comedy that turns a little bit serious. This story may have those elements in it too uh, starts off serious and could turn out funny or really sad or really weird uh, will sex robots advance the sexual liberation <laughs> to kind of set things up a little bit uh, here's a clip from the guy that invented the sex robot
2: but now i've tried to give it intelligence physiologically so now she responds to how you uh, interact physically with her samantha has got intelligence has got a physiological intelligence samantha knows when you're next to her that you want to spend time with her, maybe you're on the sofa and you want to watch TV, and she'll be very pleasant. She won't say anything grotesque. All right, so she won't say anything grotesque. Can you
0: imagine that? Okay, so that's the guy that invented the sex robot. So...
2: who is that
0: guy? I, I don't know. I don't know what his name is. We can look into that for you. Um, they, they must are, be very lonely. <laughs> are not able? Yeah, they must be a very lonely man. Uh, they they can't act like humans just yet. But they have sparked a discussion around the ethics of using such robots. Are they a, ultimately a tool for liberation, or are they just another way women are objectified and fetishized for men? Nicola, do you
1: really want to ask me this question? <laughs> <laughs> I really just don't even know what to say. Yeah. I, I, obviously, my answer is this is the most I mean, it's just completely ludicrous. Um, that's a woman's I, answer. I, I just <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I just there they're, I you know, I could I could really go off right now. But what's the point? I mean, it's it's just beyond insane. I mean, we talk about cell phones. Um, well, th- causing a lack in of empathy we I mean this is just taking it to a whole new level uh, you know so you want people to now have sexual relations with a non-human like with, with a robot and and think that that's okay Um yeah, I don't know, like, what use about, a pillow. What about, what about, like, what I, about I, a very
3: lonely... Like you, st- you made a, jo- a joke about him being a lonely guy. Yeah. So let's j- just to play, to play devil's advocate. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. happily married. Mm-hmm. I don't need a sex robot. But yeah. what about, a, what about a, 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 a very lonely person? Or a lonely woman. Or this is what right. I'm saying. Right. You said yeah. A, yeah. a lonely woman or a lonely man yeah, who, who I, doesn't have the social skills or the access or the availability. Yeah. I
1: think there's other ways. Sure. That they can yeah. do to, you want to name find a few their... <laughs> or you want to just
3: leave that to your I mean, I can our... leave that to your imagination.
1: Okay. I, I, I think that actually, like, creating like, a sexual robot is just absurd. Um, and really? I think that I don't have a problem, I do not I have a problem with that. Interesting, really. Is, it, is this a male female yeah. thing? You know, I... I, I okay, just so let's put it this way so, um now a, a um, man is having sex with a Roma that res- responds to anything he does. It doesn't matter what he does. It's mm-hmm. so great. It's you're amazing.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, sounds terrific so far. S- sound, sounds
1: you're... great to you. And and now this guy goes out and actually like meets a, a woman. Well,
3: so <laughs> well, that's the
0: proceed, right? strangely a, quiet here the, uh, in no, this conversation.
2: But, it's a fascinating topic. <laughs> I mean, th- this is this is we. This is one that's wow. Okay, so. Uh, because here's the thing. I mean, that's the whole crux of the question is can't, like, that's like saying, can you separate video games or, like, from reality? I mean, I think this was a to- uh, one of the stories on Black Mirror, by the way. But, uh,
0: oh, and then the movie Her? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's and, in there. It's Simone, in there. Like, There's yeah, been it's a like, movie called Yeah, yeah. It's I mean,
2: right so, so this, you know. Which,
1: again, all objectify women. Just let me put it out there. So, um, Fair enough. You're the uh, only woman in the room we can't yeah. argue with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, but, like, the this, this sex robot thing, what if there was one for, for women as well? I, obviously there would be. I mean, yeah, here's and, the thing. And- can't you separate the idea of just a sexual encounter a sexual thing that happens well, we wrote with, a movie about with the reality <laughs> of of relationships though mm-hmm. isn't it just like another sort of like there's a big part portion like of the a population function? that yes that, yeah. that, that's that, that's that, not the way, humans, that's not the way yeah. humans
1: are created uh you know um that's not the Some way of them that aren't i mean at I, times but you know, like I said, there's other ways to take care of those needs rather than creating and developing. wanting me what, to say what, something. What, like, what about a
3: robot that was programmed by a woman to teach a man uh, how to...
0: I think you're getting how, into how a treat...
1: dangerous territory. <laughs> I, I think so, too. You and, know? I, and
0: I think it ties back to what we were talking about with cell phones. And I know it sounds like a bit of a leap between holding something in your hand that you use to talk to your mom with on the yeah. phone um, and, and, and a sex robot. But the idea of of just putting that technological barrier in something that is intimate and very human. Exactly. Is, is You're now Isaac. taking
1: the humanity away from it. I yeah, mean, it's they're... just it's just taking the cell phone to the next level. And where does it stop?
2: Well, I don't I don't know about that. But there, listen, there's two elements to 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 this to the notion of sex, which is one is a physical thing, and one is it can be tied into something emotional, right? And that's sort of what we explored in yeah, the movie. Yeah, but
1: exactly. But what right? I'm saying, John, is that. You yeah. can't completely separate them.
0: Is this what it was so, like when you were writing so, the script? Yeah. So what I'm <laughs> saying
1: is, that's exactly what we said in our film. They came into this saying, "Well, it's just sex and sex alone." And look at what happened. It's not. So my question, you know, when you start something like this, it's it's this isn't a medical treatment that someone's, you know, it's a mm-hmm. robot to teach someone how to walk. I mean, you're talking about a human interaction. Right. Human. Robot, human, electronic interactions.
2: But isn't it up to that person to make that separation? Who's using the sex robot? I mean, do you
1: know? No, it's up to the person who's creating the sex robot, which shouldn't be created in the first place. You're opening up.
2: It's inevitable that that's going to happen. I mean, we're going to have robots. We're going to have either. It's either going to be a physical
1: thing. Well, if a sex robot shows up in my house, (laughs) there will be one less husband in it.
0: I'm speaking with (laughs) the co-writer and director of The Swingers Weekend, that's Johnny Cohen. Uh his, we, we, we say you're a married <laughs> couple, that's why I think there's uh, some uh, uh, some sparks flying around here about this. Uh, also co-writer and producer Nicholas Samroff and star Jonas Chernick. When we come back, we're gonna talk more about A Swinger's Weekend and try and define uh, what it is. It's being marketed as a sex comedy. It's not really that though. It feels yeah. like it at the beginning and then it changes into something more. So when we come back, more with my guests and A Swinger's Weekend. Welcome back everybody, I'm Richard Krause. Uh, in studio, we have people from A Swinger's Weekend, co-writer and director John E. Cohen, co-writer and producer Nicholas Samaroff, and star Jonas Chernik. You're one of uh, six actors who appear in this. That's right. And um, let uh, tell me yes. what the movie is about. Sure, L- yeah. L- like, sort of set it up for people who haven't seen
3: it. Yeah, sure. So three couples, that would be six uh, 6 individuals, converge in a beautiful lake house in uh, cottage country for uh, basically a swingers weekend. And everybody's got their own motivation, some of them secretive, as to why they want to do this. Um, And, you know, comic hijinks ensue. Uh, It's a little bit sexy. It's uh, very funny. And then I think it really surprises you with its emotional depth. It it changes about
0: halfway through. Yeah. Um, uh, My... uh, Thought about it, and, and we've got the two co-writers here, so let's let's talk about that. Um, where did the idea for this come from? Because when it starts, it feels as though it's going to be um, a sex comedy. Right. And, and for part of it, it is. For about 45 minutes or 50 minutes, that's what it is. And then you start to see the ulterior motives uh, of the characters come through. And I'm trying to speak around things so we don't give right. anything <laughs> away. But everyone's got a reason to be there. Right. And they're not all entirely pure. And and the movie changes, and, and the, the characters... I think who you were kind of rooting for at the beginning, your your allegiances might change a little bit Mm -hmm. as as you go through the film. So tell me a little bit about where the idea came from.
1: Yeah. So um, I think really what we wanted to do was, first of all, we wanted to make a film that we Could um, make ourselves (laughs) so that we could afford. So we had one location and we had six actors. It's the
0: smart way to do it. Keep it small and keep it tight. Uh,
1: And so um, we knew we had, you know, we had this lovely location that was available to us. And and, um, really for John and I, the idea was about um, exploring, I guess the theme was can you be happy as an individual? If you're not happy as a couple and right. uh, the swinging was just sort of our really like we just thought it was so really fun. Swingers. We're not. Everybody.
2: We're married, Nicola and I. I don't yeah. know if we got that in there. But so, uh, yeah, no, for us, it was, um, you know, an exploration of, of relationships and and putting these people in a funny situation. And, and just getting to the meat of, of, of the individuals, of, you know, their either agendas or their shortcomings or, you know, what's, what's going on in their lives that should have to come out for them to be fulfilled, I guess. And this funny sort of weird situation that they're put in.
0: And tell me about casting. You've got a great cast, Jonas, um, who's a, a, if you've listened to this show, you've heard Jonas's uh, voice before. I've seen him in loads of other things. But uh, he's terrific in the film. Mia Kirshner's in here. Um, Mm -hmm. Loads of people. And I think if you've got six characters in a film, uh, you have to have the right six actors. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So tell me about uh, casting a little bit.
2: Uh-huh. We got really lucky with the talented, wonderful cast uh, that, that we have. Um, I think I think audiences will feel the same way. Um, you know, we just it was it was lucky sort of you know the things came together uh, <laughs> at the last minute, and and we got these. I mean, as a first time director, I was you know I I learned much more from them, <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> than they learned from me. Oh, no, uh, that's not true. I, I yeah, this is being really nice, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it, the the cast is I mean again I, you know maybe I'm a bit biased but I, really good I, yeah. a, and 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 it just sort of kind of came together in, near the last minute I would say as it you as it often does yeah. in movies big and small
3: you know Richard I actually found them uh, i I actually heard right. about <laughs> the movie because the Canadian distributor that they're working with, Northern Banner yep. uh fr- friends of mine and they had released a couple of my films recently and I read a press release that said that this movie was going to go into production and as soon as I saw the synopsis I had just done two I had just been in two Canadian sex comedies Yeah, uh, How to uh, my, How to plan an Orgy in a Small Town yep. and My Awkward Sexual Adventure That's right, yeah, totally, yeah, right. yeah. And, so, <laughs> those were, and they were two very successful yeah. sex comedies and I had so much fun and I thought oh, maybe there's a little niche here. Yeah. We don't make a lot of yeah. sexy comedies in Canada. I thought, well, I'd like to get my hands on the script. I don't even know if you guys know this, but no, I called... No, you called me. Well, first I, I got the script secretly from... from oh, the I compa- didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I convinced somebody at the company oh, really? to slip me the script... And I, they might have gotten permission from you first. I don't remember. Right. Or maybe they didn't. Or maybe I stole it from them. And I read it. Right. And as soon as I read the script, I said, that this is it. Yeah. I, I'm going. So then that's when I reached and, out to and you. And
1: it just so happened, yeah. we could not find a Jeffrey.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was like one of our last roles. Oh, yeah, so Jonas right. calls me. He's like, I'm
3: Jeffrey. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Well, Jeffrey probably and...
0: goes through the greatest change of anybody yeah, in the film, but I maybe, think. Yeah.
3: yeah. No, I, I'd I'd go with that. I mean, yeah. it, it was it was a compelling arc. I mean, everybody changed. I think yeah. every one of the characters yeah. has a life changing weekend, but I certainly related to the to this character, and you know, it's kind of in my wheelhouse. You know, slightly nerdy, lovable loser guy. That's sort of my go. That's my go-to. So it wasn't that hard of a of a sell um, to these (laughs) guys. You told me I am that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say whatever it takes to get the job, John. But Um, yeah,
1: yeah, no. I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is, this movie could not have been made if we didn't have the cast that we had. Right. And, right. you know, John and I were fully prepared to not make the film if we couldn't get the right people. Because when you're making a film like this, one location and six people, they have to be the right people. I mean, that's it.
0: I'm speaking with John E. Cohen, director and co-writer of A Swinger's Weekend, also written, produced by Nicholas Samaroff, and the star, Jonas Chernick, is here as well. Um, tell me about writing together. You're <laughs> a married couple. Ooh. You're in yeah. business together. Yeah. You're... Uh, writing a script together, doing all this, it seems like a lot. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to keep this amicable here, right? Rich Richard. Uh, <laughs>
1: See, he's sitting on that side of yeah, the table. I and I, that. Said, I
0: Adam, saw I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, you, no. <laughs> you put me between you in case it gets fiery here.
2: Um. Uh, we actually, we are lucky uh, and have a good relationship uh, in a lot of different ways, and the writing... Uh, is just kind of the icing on the cake, something that we didn't know when we first sort of got together that could be possible. Um, it, it, yeah, so, I mean, the way it works is we will hash out an idea and we'll develop it together and then Nicola will sort of, you know, take the lead on, on putting you know, uh, words on paper and then she'll give it to me and she won't get too far along and, you know, ten pages or whatever it is and then pass it back to me and then I'll pass it back to her and so on and so forth. Um, and it, it, it works. I mean there are there are moments um, obviously uh, between you know writing partners which is it's hard to have a writing partner just in general mm-hmm. never mind your spouse. Well, you know, writing what, is so solitary right? It, well generally here's
1: the thing I mean and, and I think this is how it works because we don't actually write at the same time so mm-hmm. you know there's program software where right. you can write it that would just never work. Um, so all of our arguing and our hashing out is really done when we sit and we, d- we really do a detailed outline where no actual dialogue is written, but we kind of storyboard the entire film. So we've now agreed on what we want to happen and we're, we fully outlined all the characters and we've talked about their past and, you know, we have spent maybe five months seriously arguing. <laughs> 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 and then what will happen is I'll go by myself right. and I will just take all of our notes and start and then, when it goes to him to review what I've done, he'll go by himself. Um, and then sometimes it will go back and forth a few times until we feel like we've got it right.
0: Yeah. And yeah, so that, but it's a months long process. It's months a long process. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a long process.
0: And when we come back, we'll continue talking about A Swingers Weekend. I want to talk about uh, this film. Uh, on one location with just six people. And, you know, it's it's a movie that was made at a certain budget, and that's the way you have to do it. And mm-hmm. it works really, really well. And I, I love um, the idea that you were clever with the location, Clever with the actors, you choose the right people, and and you get a film that's uh, thoroughly enjoyable. That people um, in Ottawa and in Toronto will get a chance to see this weekend and next. And then May 1st, coming to iTunes, it's going to play in theaters in the U.S. and Australia, loads of other places. So we'll give you all those details uh, when we come back and continue the conversation with the co-writer, director, and producer of A Swinger's Weekend. That's John E. Cohen and Nicholas Samaroff and star Jonas Chernick stay with us welcome back everybody i'm richard Krause in studio we have from a swingers weekend star jonas chernick uh the co-writer and director john e cohen and the co-writer and producer nikola producer <laughs> made it sound very hip <laughs> and producer Nicola samaroff uh welcome Nice Thank to you. see you all. Thank you. Before we talk more about your film, I'm going to give my television show a shameless plug. Uh, the show is called Pop Life. You can watch it on Saturday nights at 8:30 on CTV News Channel, midnight on CTV. It's a, a talk show set where else? But in a bar and this week we have a very appropriate guest given the bar setting her name is Alicia Antonori now you might not know that name but the story is fascinating she is the first woman in her family's 600 year legacy of running one vineyard to run the company so this family the Antonori family has owned this wine a winery for 600 wow. years uh and she is the first woman to run it they are uh, royalty in Italy, uh, the Antonori family. And we had her in to talk about legacy, uh, talking about sort of handing the torch off. And we paired her up on the panel with Jamie Kastner, who's a documentary filmmaker, and Tanya Williams from the uh, Real World Film Festival. And also, you know her as an actor as well. Uh, and I asked them just about passing the torch from generation to generation. What's the, the best advice that you received, maybe from a family member or from a mentor?
2: Well, I would say my, my mother has always been, it doesn't matter what you do, just do it professionally, do it well, right. and work hard at it. She, she has a saying she loves to say, it's called work for a reason, you know, not, <laughs> yeah. not like play or fun, it's That's called right. work.
3: <laughs> if you tell anyone my real age, I'll kill you. So that was good
0: <laughs> practical advice from that was my motivating. mother. That's, That's the it. kind of showbiz yeah. advice that you,
2: you get want, from You want to be part of it. this legacy? Or uh, <laughs> you want to walk out of here on crutches? <laughs> <laughs> For us, uh, the three P's, as my father says, patience, perseverance, and passion. Yeah. yeah.
0: And those are the three P's that you live by. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. You can watch Pop Life, 8.30 on the CTV News Channel, midnight on CTV, and then again, on E, Gusto, Bravo. It's on all those channels. Tune in. It's a good one. Uh, Alicia Antonori, I loved her. 600 years of working in the wine business. Uh, she had some fascinating stories to tell. We're here to talk about a movie called A Swinger's Weekend. Um, tell me a little bit about how this film is being marketed. And Jonas, I'll start with you and I'll sort of work my way around the panel. It's being marketed as a, a sex comedy, but it's not that. I sort of alluded earlier in the interview that this is... Um, about more. It really gets under the skin of the relationships between the six people who end up kind of swapping and, and swinging a little bit on that weekend. But there are uh, consequences to yeah. everything that happens. Yeah,
3: and I think that uh, you know marketing is a tough thing to do, and and getting people out to see a movie, uh, especially when it doesn't have Tom Cruise in it, it, you know, is a challenge.
0: Or Dwayne Johnson. Or Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. People can yeah. ignore Tom Cruise movies, yeah, but they don't seem to ignore no, Dwayne that, Johnson.
3: That's movies. true. That's true. Uh, although I have been called Canada's Dwayne Johnson on occasion. <laughs> uh, the muscle. So, so I. Yeah. So I mean, I I think calling it a sex comedy to get people in. In the in the theaters is a good move, and and they won't be disappointed. I think they'll 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 feel satisfied by that, and like then you said, by the end they'll realize they've been taken on a real journey, and they'll have a- a- asked themselves questions that they weren't expecting. And I, I think that that it's a very satisfying experience cinematically. I just saw it in theater in a theater with an mm-hmm. audience for the first time at the. Canadian Film Fest a couple of weeks ago, and it was really amazing to see it uh, with an audience responding the way they did to it.
0: And John, so it, it's a drama, but there are funny situations. There's funny people in it. Tell me about finding the tone, sort of between the two of you. Tell me about finding the tone when you were writing it and then directing it.
2: Yeah, that was a tricky thing. I mean, because we, you have what you know. Ostensibly is sort of a comedy, um, but it has this, you know, underlying deeper message or themes. You know, what? Listen, we wanna you wanna hook them in and take their money, and
0: then you, <laughs> and then you hit them
2: hit him over the head with something pseudo intellectual. Um, it was tricky. Uh, it was always tricky. I, I mean, when writing the script, I, I feel like you know we had to balance. I think we I think we were. Aware of the idea that we had to balance both of those things. Um, And then, in terms of being on set, uh, there's uh, the other sort of X factor of what the, of what the actors are going to bring to it so you know going into it that you know this is a funny moment and um you know it should play funny but then the actors come and they they throw you another curveball of of hey what if and and so it's always a tricky thing i think to to find the tone and then you know in a rushed sort of 15 day production which this was you sort of question wait a second uh, is the does the tone make sense I, I you know there are moments of you know doubt i think that um every director has and especially independent you know in a small in a small budget you know tight schedule film where it's like oh my god i'm working so hard it's so I'm so tired and uh, and wait does this thing make does this make sense mm-hmm. so it's always you sort of have to stay on try to stay on top of it and go with your instincts and and, and hope for the best and <laughs> Yeah. You find out in the editing room whether whether your decisions were good or not.
1: Yeah, and, and I was just going to add to that that I, I think a lot of the tone also was set in the editing right. as well.
0: Um, well, you make a movie twice, right? Yeah, you, you three times. It, they it. say yeah. Yeah. like yeah. The, the
2: writing, the the director, the yeah. you know making yeah. of it, and the editing.
1: I and I would say that the film is actually a drama with uh, funny moments. Right. Um, you know, I I when I talking about it, I always call it a dramedy. Right. Um, first and foremost. Uh, and I think that, you know, we just sort of went across the country uh, with the film. You know, we did the whole Canadian sort of film festival market. We were at, started in Sudbury, we went to Calgary those, yeah, and yeah. Edmonton and Whistler. So we had some really great opportunities to interact with audiences. Um, and I think people were surprised yeah. When they came in, because just from the title of Swingers Weekend and certainly from the trailers that are out there, you know, they take the sexy, sexy parts well, of the, the film. And the opening
0: music is very like, oh, it's kind of yeah. like 60s retro. Well, we wanted kind that of, like, like sort of jazz yeah.
1: swingy, um, uh, which sort of was the mindset of the characters right. going in. Like it's yeah, it's all, yeah. you know, fun and sexy. And um, and uh, and yeah, I think so people are pleasantly surprised. I mean, I hope
0: and are, are there real are, I mean are there swingers still there's, yeah, yes apparently is that, is there's, we've
1: been contacted by a lot of swingers yeah, really. a lot of swinging people um, yeah I should You're probably right. get
3: those numbers Be, from okay, you sure. <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody feels heard of everyone's course. happy
2: yeah, and
0: heard and well represented what
2: didn't they say when we were in Edmonton it was the swinging capital of Canada or something like yeah. that really? I don't, yeah. yes. well no
1: somebody told me that and then I was doing an inter- we were doing an interview with the global TV in Edmonton and the poor guy who is interviewing? I turned to him and I'm like, "Wasn't it you who told me that this was the swinging capital <laughs>
0: <laughs> You said that to him alive. Oh my
1: God! He was like, "Ah." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Look who's not getting back. Yeah. To I was <laughs> say, <laughs> back yeah to way to not get, get invited energy. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about Dwayne Johnson earlier. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. The question is, is he Hollywood's most bankable star? I think that uh, Tom Cruise. If the, the movie title has the words Mission and Impossible in it's very bankable. Will Smith was for many years, I think, the most bankable star in Hollywood. I think it's Dwayne Johnson now. It doesn't yeah. seem to matter what he's in. Uh, it, it seems to do well. Um, why do you think that is? I think it's because he's a bigger-than-life kind of cartoon character uh, on the screen. And then in real life, he just seems like a decent guy. And I think that right. goes a long way.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I also think that a lot of... Um, the people that are watching those movies have sort of grown up with his movies because he did a lot of kids' movies at a time. So people feel comfortable with him. It's like, I know this guy. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's part of his appeal. And he does.
3: And he he continues to surprise in weird ways. I mean, Mo, I mean, my kids love Moana. Yeah, you know, watch it. Yeah, that's a beautiful that's a performance. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: he sings
3: in it. Yeah. I
0: think he's a good actor. I think that that the movies that he's making right now don't really give him a chance to show that he's a great actor like in yeah. Rampage or Jumanji or something sure. like that. Mm-hmm. Great comic timing, you see that. His charisma is undeniable. But I don't know that it's the, that those movies give him a chance to show his chops. I think he's done that in other films earlier on. But uh, he, I too. think like,
2: tooth, he, like Tooth Fairy? Like tooth Fairy.
0: <laughs> That's
1: what I'm saying. So like, yeah. my kids would be like, they would go see any of his movies, yeah. but they're a different audience than I me. Think, you know? I think he's
3: going to shift. I think, I uh, think he will too. I think yeah. he'll go and do something. He'll chase an Oscar next. Like yeah, well, He'll what, try and do something that... It's going to really you open ever everyone's so? eyes. No, I think he'll do something serious and small and indie and cool and try to really show that hmm. side of him. That, that's The my interesting prediction.
1: thing will be, will he be cast in one of those things? Because he's such a... He's got...
0: Well, he's bigger than life. He's bigger than yeah. life. Yeah. Well, it has to so, It has to be the right do role. Know, it has it's to be like the right Mickey Rourke yeah. and the rest of yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. like or that. Arnold right Schwarzenegger role. made yes. a, yeah. a movie a few years ago yeah. that was him sort of as a... Dad on his heels, yeah. former tough or guy. Or
3: that JCVD, yeah. the Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme yeah. sort of comeback vehicle yeah. that was yeah. a drama, yeah.
0: And which wasn't actually a comeback for him, no. but it was a great movie. But <laughs> she, JCVD and he was, was, great. was fantastic, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so the yeah. right
3: script, yeah, the, the right, right project, team. the right role—I think yeah. it, he'll really show some colors.
0: Well, I just thought I'd throw that out there, as you know, they do call you Jonas the Canadian uh, Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> yeah. so I wanted to—I yeah. just wanted and to get they, your opinion on that. It's
3: me. I—I I called myself that.
0: Now we only have a minute left, and this is a big topic. But uh, SAG has announced that they want to stop holding meetings in hotel rooms. So Screen Actors Guild has come up with a list of Good. Uh, things to do or not do. And at film festivals, it frequently happens. Though, um, you, know, you, know, happen you, know? Happen you know, it can't happen anymore. It can't happen anymore. In terms of Me Too and everything, it just yeah. can't happen anymore. Right?
1: I mean, it's just so odd i i don't think if someone's like listen if if i was with a group of 20 people and there's like hey let's all go back to my suite and we're all good yeah you know if i have one guy
2: acting decent i mean
3: like banning hotel rooms I, i mean you have to start somewhere i think i think you have to start somewhere and i think any and i'm 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 for any change like that Even though it might seem odd
0: or... Well, there'll be an overcorrection before sort of the pendulum sort of swings back down to the middle. I mean,
1: I I don't know anybody that would go... I I mean, and I have obviously read and heard all the stuff, but if somebody said to me, come back to my hotel room for a meeting... There's no way I would go. Well, I'd say I'll meet surprised. you in the lobby. Yeah. You'd
3: be surprised. You say that. I mean, not that I d- distrust you, but you say yeah. that now. But then, in the, in the in the context of it, you're having a great connection. It feels yeah. like something professional is happening. Yeah. You, I've been in this situation. You don't yeah. think about it, and you then you find yourself. It. Yeah, and it's. I think
1: maybe a man wouldn't think about it, but I don't know that a woman wouldn't think about no. it. So and that that would be the difference. We have to, to me. leave it
0: there. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> a swingers' weekend. Look for it in Ottawa and Toronto. Uh, this weekend uh may 1st it comes out on itunes also be in theaters in australia and the u.s coming soon and keep your eye open for your local listings for a theater near you uh thank you uh john nicola and jonas thank you thank you thank Thank you 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 to andre and the board and most of all thank you for listening